things about being alive is meeting the right people. Now, I've never met John Carpenter. He did direct Halloween, and Halloween is one of the great, great horror movies of all time. Certainly of our generation, right? Okay, I can't speak to the elder or the latter or what's still to come, or probably even the current era. But John Carpenter believes so much in himself, he's like, no, I'm going to do the music. I'm going to do the music, man. Like, I'm John Carpenter. Guess what? Here's Halloween. Like, I'm like, you know what? As we discussed earlier before our guest walked in today, well, actually after our guest walked in, I believe in true believers. There's something about people who are committed to their own bit. Now, if they're fascist, no, I'm not down. Dickheads, eh, I've had enough of those. But if they're Dweeb, people... skaters. Sorry. What's that? What movie is that <laughs> Sorry, from? That's... What's it from? <laughs> I think it's from Ferris Bueller's, yeah. Fucking good. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> However, in my real day-to-day life, non-cinematic life, when people believe, even if I'm not a true believer, there's something interesting about people who are that committed to the bit. And we're going to get to that with today's guest, because I don't know that I've met many people who are more... And I hope he takes this as a compliment, unusually interesting, and committed to his bit. Oh, he's out. Looks like he left the room. Sean, it's you and me the rest of the way. All right. Mark Mullman, <laughs> you, right. know, you know that we're not talking right now. I have to take care of a couple sponsors. Yeah, I know this. But we're when not I, when, talking. When, when, when I'm I not talk, talking no, right now. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. When, no, you are. When I talk about my love of the individual, my love... Jesus Christ, Sean, <laughs> settle down. When I talk about my love of the individual, my love of the person who, I think the greatest compliment I've ever paid to anyone, and I've put you on this list a couple oh times. Oh, my God. I don't know anybody else like you. Wow. Uh, to me, that's amazing. Thank think, you. Think about the weirdness of life, right? Like, the fact that we're even here, impossible. The fact that you occasionally get to run into people that you dig, that are cool, that mm-hmm. are like, but you're like... With that fucking weirdo over there, there's nobody yeah. like that, yeah. dude. That's yeah. amazing Thank to me. You. It's one of my favorite things on the whole planet. Thank you. You will be spared. You will be spared. <sighs> when the Dark Lord rises, <laughs> that makes me so so very. He looks happy. over at me like the shots <laughs> fucked. I, I don't think you were told you would be spared. So no. apparently, you still have some dancing to do. Episode 279 of the Brian Oak Show here in the Smart Start MN Studios. Smart Start MN, Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What does that mean? You drank. You drove. Super dumb move, but it happens to a lot of people all the time. So they decided, like, well, how do we get people back into their vehicles? How do we get back, uh, life back on a vaguely normal path? How do people do that, Sean? Um, they need to go to... Well, what I would do first is I go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. Oh, you're going to throw in something else there? I was, but I decided, not to. I decided not to. Here's I had a little... Deal. Showed a little bit of restraint there, Brian. I, which was admirable. That's rare for me. Oh, to not just that's say not true exactly at all. No, what's no, on no. my mind. It's actually indicative of what the path you were about to recommend. We don't have to talk about. <clears throat> yeah. Um, we, but you, but you, I know you were heading that down that direction. That was good. How do people find out more about getting back in their car before they figure out their life? Go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. So that'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system. And I just got to throw out that. 
the guys that are involved here, Ed and Mike, are just really good down-to-earth people who aren't going to shame and guilt you because if you're like me, you might beat yourself up more than anybody else possibly could. And the last thing you need is somebody to just make you feel even lower and even worse. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, everything's good. But you're absolutely right. Ed and Mike are at the crown of this thing, and they've got people working for them. They're going to help you. They're going to get you back in charge. They're going to help you. Look at I mean, unless you're really giving up, you have to reconstruct your life. Mm-hmm. These are guys who will help you do that. Absolutely. So go check out the website, get that discount, and uh, get your life back together one step at a time, however you choose to do it. Are you looking at me when you say that? I'm looking right at you. <sighs> Before we talk about our other new sponsor, Moxie Wealth Management, um, I'm Brian Oak. That's Sean Bernard. Sean, how soon do you leave for Ireland? Tuesday, midday. And I'm I kind of living so vicariously excited. through you. I know what that feeling is like. And God, it, it's, been it. a, it's been a minute since I've done like any kind of travel. But the thought of going like back to your ancestral homeland, plus a place you love going to anyways... Are you fucking pumped right now? I just love it there. It'll be my fourth time there, so I kind of know what to expect. And then I I actually geeked out and did a bunch of research on different bands to go see while I'm I'm there. I'm listening. And I'm just like, I said to the other people, that's the other thing about getting older. I'm not doing what everybody else wants to do. I'm like, yeah, I'll do some of that. I am going to go see bands. And I said to the people, you're welcome to join me. I agree. But I know some of them will be in bed by 9 o'clock. I'm like, I will be going. I know it's just the way it's cool. That's their deal. But I will be at a live music venue almost every night that I'm there. To the point of your what you're trying to say, for the amateur, they're like, well, we got to go to Temple Bar. I mean, yeah. And again, you can go to Temple Bar for 15 minutes. And then you're good. Yeah, that's about it. They're, that's they're, all you need, even yeah. if you explore the rest of Dublin, and God bless you, should you, although I don't believe in them, although <laughs> should you move out to some, like my wife and I, the first time we went there, we went to a small town called Navin. Yes. It was everything you wanted. It was charming. Yep. It was small. It was walkable. On the bus ride there, we went through the sheep-filled you know, pastures that had the low stone fences and everything you think that Ireland should be was right 25 minutes outside the city. And Ireland will never be an international superpower because they don't give a shit about any of that. They're so focused well, they on doing that, but in music the 90s, and culture. And when, like, when the internet first started to pop, yeah. they were one of the international destinations mm-hmm. for where people were doing it. That being said, yeah. You're not going to get invaded by Ireland any time in your lifetime. No. Because no. you know what they saying. like to do? The other thing, too, and it sounds too good to be true, the three, t- two, three, I can't remember exactly, times I've been in Ireland, so like whether I'm in Dublin or out in the stick somewhere, every time I've sat down in a pub, because there was a time in my life I was not afraid of a pint no. or a whiskey, um, the abject decency genuine mm-hmm. interest and kindness that I was shown. It was like something out of a travel brochure. I've never, other than that one guy who fucked me up at the U2 show, but other than that, I've never been the victim of the kind of abuse you experience in the U.S. People in Ireland seem like decent fucking human beings. And if you, you get what you give, too, I think. But, yeah, but yeah. absolutely, they're just kind and generous. And Are you generous. familiar with the beer called Smithix? Smithix. How do you, spe- how do you spell that? S-M-I-T-H-W-I-C-K. Oh, so there is a W in it. 
Yes. All right. So but it's Smittix, uh, is how no, it's I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm aware yeah. now. And then I was I was told a very powerful lesson. My wife and I went there to see the U2 show. The bar is jammed. There are thousands of people. I've waited 20 minutes in line to get a beer. And my wife likes, my, my wife's like, I'll take a Smithwick's. And so I'm like, all right, I don't know any better. I just walk up yeah. to the front. Takes forever to get up there. And I asked the guy who's behind the bar, and he doesn't seem like a dick, but he also doesn't seem like he's going to deal with any Yankee bullshit. He says, what do you need, mate? And I'm like, I'll take two Smithwicks. He's like, what's that? And again, <laughs> you have to remember this place is so deafeningly yes. loud, no one can hear. I'm like, I'll take two Smithwicks. And he's like, sorry, mate, couldn't hear you. What's that? And I yell it so loud that 25 people <laughs> around me turn and look at me and laugh out loud. They're like, and he's like, oh, two Smithwicks. I was like, so just understand <laughs> that even though there was no malice in his heart, no, he did have to show the yank. Just step back. I didn't know. They man, will give you some shit I over know. there. That's a sign of love, though. Like they, they will I, give you shit dude, to no degree. Growing yeah. up in two different Irish families, I'm well aware. Yes. Coming up next, uh, one of my favorite guests we've ever had on the show, and I mean that in all sincerity, only because such a fucking weirdo, and he can't get off his phone. Just kidding. I'm playing. I'm playing. He's doing his Wordle for the day. I, the guy, he's got nothing else to do. Did you nail Wordle? I'm just keeping it so that I don't interject. And if I stay focused on my phone, I can let you guys do your <laughs> and talking. And I'll be honest. We went too long. We were only supposed to do that for about seven minutes. I went too far, and I apologize. From the rest of the show, pass this song on. Nothing but Mark Malman. All of Mark Malman. All right. Undressed, <laughs> unclothed, unplugged. Yes. Un. Tethered. By unplugged, you mean my butt plug. I yes. don't... Well, I mean, I do. I mean, if you have one in, that's actually pretty damn cool. But to each their own, right? Like, I don't tell anybody how to live. We'll talk more about Mark Malman's butt plug coming up next. But first, <laughs> we're going to hear a Halloween song because I love Halloween and Mark's brought in some I like, great... I like Halloween. Great too. seasonal jams. This one right here, I'm not a super deep rockabilly guy, but I've seen this guy live probably four or five times. And this particular track, I absolutely love it. And... Also, like, you're suddenly watching Rockabilly, and when they start to unfold and the one guy is dancing on the side of his stand-up bass, you're like, I'm not qualified to be here. This is for cooler people than me. That's why I like this one. The Reverend Horton Heat, the Halloween dance on The Brian Oak Show.
So today is Halloween, and Halloween's rad. It's my favorite holiday of the year. It's also become the second most uh, profitable holiday for the American economy Good. of every year. People are spending over $11 billion a year yeah. on Halloween. It's going to eclipse Christmas. Oh, right. I hope so. If we got back, what if we got back to the original Christmas, the the pagan Christmas? This is my Christmas, man. Oh, sorry. Keep going. Keep do your thing, man. I I need sixty <laughs> seconds to clear this out, and then you and I, Mister Mark Malman, are going to go deep and dark, and we're going to get weird because you know what? We're not on different pages. We're on the same we're on page. The same page. Oh no, I love scaring children. Yeah. So I want to say thank you to Joe and his entire crew. From Moxie Wealth Management, because not only are they on board with the show now, but they've come out to our most recent Patreon event, and we had a great, fantastic time. That was a great time with the uh, trailer trash, and uh, Joe brought uh, some of his clients and uh, family members and people like that. He does really cool stuff over there, and I think a lot of us don't, you know, we're not really sure how we're going to navigate through our retirement. A lot of us put money <laughs> into 401ks and things like that, and we totally forgot about them. Well, it's a great time at, if you're around our age, which a lot of our listeners are, Oof. to stop down and kind of check out where you're at. Great time to get a hold of Joe Burgess at Moxie Wealth Management and kind of get your ducks in a row. They not only do you know basic wealth management stuff and advanced wealth management stuff, but they have uh, an attorney, they have a tax person, and they can do it all in one place, which if you're like me and you don't like dealing with all that stuff, Oof. you can kind of hand it off to them. Who has to do the taxes every year for the Brian Oak Show LLC? Oh, God. Not me, baby. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing is if you're not in the spot where you're like, I have a, you know, a rich pool of resources, maybe it's not a terrible time to start planning for that sort of thing. And they can also help you with that. Moving in the right direction, where to put certain resources. Look, we're not all going to retire rich, but there is a way to retire in a vaguely more comfortable manner than probably what's waiting for you at the end if you do nothing. And it could be about your kids. It could be about giving back. It could be anything else that you're saving for. So. Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. North Star Resource Group is independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. That being said... Halloween's here, man. This is the day, Mark. And I don't know, you know, I, I've had people on this show who believe in a wide variety of items. And I know that you're your own man, right? I mean, like you're your own person. Sorry, not trying to gender you or anything like that. Thank you. But, well, I, I, I'm i learning, man. It's slow. But, it, it, you know, I'm like, I'm trying yeah. to do better. But my point is, Mark Malman is Mark Malman, whatever that may entail. And I've had people on this show who... You know, sometimes they believe in things that I don't hold sacrosanct, right? Like, I I tried, man, astrology, not okay. my jam, right? right? Yeah, are, you yeah. an astro- are you an astrological guy? I mean, I, you know, my new record is uh, I'm writing like kind of a Doug Goth disco record. And one thing it's I've called always... called Sagittarius? No, I've, I've always <laughs> liked, I always liked um, when in this like the 70s, like that you hear like talking about the people will bring up this, the astrological signs yep. in, in lyrics. I just think it's like super, like it just feels like you're in a disco or you're at a swingers party or something. 
So I put a lot. I'm putting a lot of astrological kind of lyrics in in my new record. Really, just like talking about the zodiac. And I asked stuff out like of that. nowhere. I had no. So like, if you had a chance, and I'm I'm just riffing right here. I don't really care either way. If you, being who you are, because you you're one of the few. You know, people call themselves free free spirits. You're one of the actual few free spirits I know that. A lot of people, like, they want to live their life, right? And But there are things they butt up against, which is why I like hanging out with you, which is why I like talking to you. I feel like there are very few people as unfettered as you. So Thank would you, you would you have, and, and that's, that's supposed to be a compliment. Uh, um, if we were able to time travel right now, Sean's like, I'm going to hit the button. Here we go. It's Friday night, 1975. Yeah. You and I, even though I'm much more square than you are, we're standing, we're the next people in line behind the velvet velvet rope at yeah. Studio 54. How important would it be for you to get into Studio 54 that night? Mick Jagger might be doing coke off. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, honestly, like the way I go out, it, w- if I'm going out with you, What's important would be that we had a good time. Mm-hmm. Well, like, agreed. If, I'm not looking for. I'm not. I, I want to <laughs> know, and, and I'm not asking about today. Like historically, you and I are both if I could, ta- men, okay. But I'm look, traveling I'm, through I'm, time. I'm talking. 25 year old Mark Malman is given the opportunity to go to Studio 54. Are we going to go and get fucked up and have a fantastic time and dance to that music? Do I know what? I, am I? Am I? Am I? Are you and I historically aware? From a twenty first century perspective of the importance of Studio Fifty Four, are we just dudes in the seventies? We're standing in a line with women that are way out of our league, <laughs> dudes that are much better looking, and we don't have the right silk shirts on. That's all you know. Are you um, trying to get into this place? Then I then I probably would be like, "Yo, dude, this is not my scene. Let's go." Because I know. Let me tell you another story. Um, <laughs> One of my regrets in life that's really oh, close oh, to this oh, here we go, here we go. is that um, I had been to CBGB's a number of times and it's uh-huh. a dump. And um, it really is a shithole. Yes, my agent. So is the whiskey out in LA. I had it, we were working on you know when when things were really popping for me and things were good. Uh, it, it's, it, they're still good, but when things were really popping in the mid two thousands, when I signed and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my agent said, uh, "Do you want to play CBGB's in New York?" And I said, "No, it's a dump." <laughs> Well, wow. and, and technically it is a dump, but, but right, also it's CBGB's, bro. I know. I, I thought like I thought there would be another chance, you know, and it 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 just never came up. I played the Mercury Lounge, which is a great venue. Yeah, yeah. And I'm but, sure you played. A, I mean, like there are legendary places yes, all over. Yes, yes. But, but that fuck one, me, Mark, CBGB's, one, you bro. Just, you got to remember, like you know, sometimes Eminem is correct. You only get one shot. Like sometimes. You know, mm-ch, there's mm-ch, there's something mm-ch, you want to do, and you see mm-ch, the opportunity, mm-ch, yeah. mm-ch, mm-ch. and there's spaghetti on your sweater, <laughs> and, and you're just like, Are you yo. sure it's not vomit on your sweater from the spaghetti you ate earlier? <laughs> With my acid reflux, it oh, very well could be. Welcome to the club. Eminem's probably got acid reflux by now. Oh, well, I mean, that's sort of something we all get to look forward to. My name is Brian, his name is Sean, and his name is Mark Malman. Mark Originally, when I reached out to you, it's because you were sort of flexing on Hammer horror movies, yeah. and I don't mean I don't I, I do not have any intention of making that the focus of what we talk about. But Halloween's a cool time of year, right? I mean, like it's cool, man. Well, so for me, I'm not a performer, right? But I am someone who has been going to a very high end Halloween party for more than thirty oh, thirty wow. years. You can't show up at this party and be like, oh, I just didn't feel like wearing a cut. Co- 
beat it fucking there. Wow. So here we are. It's Halloween. I got no idea what I'm going to be. What am I? Can I be Mark Malman? Can I borrow those glasses you're wearing? I mean, yeah, they're prescription though. So oh shit, that's gonna fuck me up yeah. all night. No, yeah. I can't do that. I had right, someone. I'll uh, figure out something else. I I couldn't. There's a big burlesque show that happens around this time of year in Denver at the the Oriental Theater, and it's a it's a big theater. And uh, the 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 year before, the host and I uh, did uh, we recovered Dustland by uh, by um, the Killers. And it's a duet between Springsteen and and uh, what Brandon 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 whatever Brandon Flowers yes yeah. and they um and so we did that and I did the Springsteen part and the hosted the the Flowers part I think yeah yeah and so I had sent him a rehearsal recording to do it and this year I couldn't I couldn't make it and um so so they had someone uh, a, a burlesque dancer impersonate me and. And did that? It cosplayed me <laughs> last week. That was the first time I've ever been cosplayed. I've had people go as me for Halloween, but I've never had someone go up on stage. I was like, "Wow, this is actually something I would do at one of my own shows," <laughs> which is have someone come on stage and pretend they're me. That was cool. I was really flattered. I'm looking Red at your, rum your orange rimmed glasses and your piercing blue eyes. The thought of a hot cross dresser portraying you. Are they available? Can you get me their phone number? Can we get them on the show? <laughs> Not personal, Mark. You yeah. know I like you. I can get them on the show. They're from Denver, but no, yeah. no, no, no. They're in Chicago. Chicago. Anyways, right. that's fine. We we've gone too long we've without gone a too song. Long. We just and talk the one too much. you picked. Talk too so much. you picked. I feel like there are people. <laughs> and so I love Halloween music. I collect Halloween music. I really do. And I feel like there are people. Not you, but I mean, like there are people out there who like pick and choose, and they're like. This guy is weird and dark and bizarre and voodoo. Yeah. But here's the thing, and this is really important to me. This guy is dark and bizarre and voodoo. There had not ever been anything in popular culture anyway like Screaming Jay Hawkins before Screaming Jay Hawkins. And so I think it's easy for people to be like, whoa, look at that weird thing over there. But it's important to note how much he changed the course of American music. I love this guy. Do you know that before there was Screaming Jay Hawkins, there was Jay Hawkins? Did you know that? Uh, so this song, I Put a Spell on You, was released. But it was not released. It was recorded by a label named Grand in 1955, and they did not put it out. I'm listening. There's this guy named Arnold Maxson, who was a um, uh, record dude, record label dude, producer. And uh, he liked the tune and re-recorded this version that we know. But the real version is straight blues and the singing is it's still there the screaming is still there but arnold the horns are not there right so do you know this no so arnold i'm sitting here with my eyes wide because this is all brand new information band in and gets them completely inebriated drinky drinky drunk well, and I they, mean, sometimes we have a little more fun. Not again. And all three of us this, room are teetotalers yeah. now, but we've all been there, right? They, well, they did. They were in the studio. They were just drinking in the studio. You know, yeah, cool. it happens. So, um, <laughs> and and there's there's two things that happen because of because of him. It, oh. But he 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 put the horns on. Dun, 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 dun. Now, if you listen to the original version, it's straight blues and it's really good, but it's it's Jay Hawkins. And that track was not released until after this track, but not right away because this track, I Put a Spell on You, it didn't do great. 
like a lot of songs we know now. It took a long mm-hmm. time for this song, took movies, and it took things for this song to, and even up until his death, Screamin' Jay Hawkins was not playing big rooms. You know, he's playing small clubs. He was never a superstar, but has come to be recognized yes. as a crucial figure in American music. What's the radio guy named Freed? Is his last name Freed? Alan, Alan, Alan Freed. Freed is not res- the local guy, Alan Freed, no. but the one who coined yes. the term rock and roll. Is responsible for the coffin. Did you know that? No. Yeah. He uh, gave, I think it was that he gave uh, Screamin' Jay uh, $300 if he would get out of a coffin. And uh, uh, that or the coffin was $300. Something. Alan Freed is responsible for why... Screaming Jay Hawkins got out of the coffin. But think about this. Like, so what are we talking about? Are we talking late 50s, early 60s? 1956 is when okay, I put so a spell on you came out. $600 in 1956 is worth roughly what? $2.4 billion now? <laughs> yeah. 2.6. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was, he was, he was, his, he had a career, a big career. There was, there were, there were lots of, I mean, the man released a song we know, Constipation Blues. But um, a lot of what, Screaming Jay Hawkins was uh, was doing was sort of like trying to stand out uh, against the static and really um, uh, he would say, I, I want to be ugly. I want to be weird. Isn't that kind of the only thing that separates us from the I mean, like, think about the amount of noise and static today mm-hmm. without saying ugly or weird. And he was willing to accept that. People are still trying to do that same thing right now. Yeah, there's more static. I mean, especially with musicians, there's ten, now a million songs being uploaded to Spotify per day. So you got a lot of static to stand up against. And I think some people, we don't need to go into it, but are willing to say anything so they can stand out against the static. And and that I think we're starting to recognize and, and that's that's going to go away. But me. let's not damn the legendary Screaming Jay Hawkins. No the so same good. phrase. I put so a spell good. on you on the Brian Oak Show. Put a spell on you. Because you're mine. Stop the things you do.
one of my favorite things I've heard in 2022 because I said we were talking off air there well, off air as it were while Screaming Jay is playing you told me there's a documentary where mm. it's you don't have to give me the name nothing like that I'm not matters sure it's a documentary but there's a reunion okay, but, but there was a thing that guy had over 50 children. He had over 50 children, and they And were, don't get me wrong, he's got a strong appeal. Guys who climb up out of a coffin and wear capes and carry staffs, ladies yeah. love those dudes. Happy Halloween. You know, he, 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 he claimed <laughs> different times to have between, like, what it says here right now on Wikipedia, between 57 and 75 in total. But I think the number... 75! So the here's number. the deal. So uh, in the modern era, Nick Cannon, who is, I don't know, he was in a band and now he's a host on some show that I don't watch because like you, I really don't watch much TV. Um, but just today, this morning on my morning radio show that I do on a local radio station, um, we talked about how the fact how he's having his, I don't know, 13th or 15th or 17th, I don't really know. But with the same woman he's had three other children with before, but he's got two others on the way. And I'm like, what the, I mean, you don't have to reproduce every time you bang. You could, though. But Mark Malman said one of my favorite things I've heard in 2022 <laughs> so far. He's like, but you know what? Couldn't we use a little more screaming Jay Hawkins energy in the world? You're goddamn right. I know. It's so great. It's so beautiful, man. It's unbelievable. So, a beautiful guy. Before we go any more further with the Halloween and the weirdness and the funness and the joyness, let's check in with our friend Sean Bernard. Oh, Sean, like that's the opposite of the fun and the joy? Oh, man. Sean is always oh, just... Before we do that fun stuff, let's go over to Sean Bernard. <laughs> no, that's not really what I meant, but that's cool. It did kind of sound like that, didn't Way wow. to bring Halloween down, ghoul. Hey, are you a goblin yeah. or a ghoul you know or a the gargoyle? I'm a gargoyle. Sh who hurt you, Sean? Who oh, so hurt? don't. Sh <laughs> Mark, sh don't open up that. Don't, don't ask that. Don't pull the strings. Never mind. Sean Bernard is a realtor for Edina Realty, 50th in France. We should talk a little bit about how things are going as we move into the later part of the year. I know your game changes this time of the year, but it doesn't mean it's over. No. No, I'm helping people kind of plan for next year. Or Mark, did you see how he was hurt that we called him a gargoyle? No, I didn't. I'm okay with being a gargoyle. But I saw the what joy. I saw the joy in your eyes when you know that you hurt somebody. Did you see that? Wow! Did you see the yeah, joy? He kind I of. Did. You, know, I did. you know what? That that's one of the greatest lies that's ever been told on this show. <laughs> I hope no one ever feels real pain. Well, I, I'll tell you what. I do feel incredibly honored, considering the amount of lies that have been told on this show, that I have the greatest one. What's your lie? You just you just told me that I I lied when I said you found yeah that's joy not true I, the pain I've never in I've, I, I can't I've tried I mean I've I've looked at porn online I've tried to find joy that's in others' lie. pain at, no I haven't done that either because I'm the afraid I grew up Catholic <laughs> I I cannot celebrate the pain of others Mark I cannot I've tried I've tried to feel you know that German term Schadenfreude right yes where you're like oh look at that motherfucker suffering right over there you fucking dick. There are people that I like to see not enjoy the fruits that they were pursuing. I can't. I cannot celebrate another person's pain. I can't do it. I just saw you do it. 
Okay. Anyway, go ahead, Sean. <laughs> I'm gonna, here's how I'm going to segue this. I am dealing with the nicest couple on the planet from Michigan right now. They are moving here to be near their grandchildren. Like That's fantastic. Yeah. And I just, they're incredibly reasonable. These incredibly nice people. They're not greedy. They're not any of that stuff. And I just absolutely love it. It's really cool. Like to have people that are like, yeah, we know we just met you, but we trust you. And they're like super nice, kind people. So totally tricked them. No, I no, didn't trick them. That's them. great. They're no, really, really great. You know I'm Brian, joking. Brian, some things can be sincere. It's not always oh a joke, God. Brian. Why? Why is why? Brian, Mark, why is Brian always feel Suddenly like everything I'm has being to be a joke? like a proper villain, and that's not... I'm sorry. You so were saying... If you know, I'm glad this yeah, couple I'm going to do the rest of the commercial with my friend Mark Malman. That's okay. Mark. Hi, friend. So be, great to see you and to have and to have you here today. And... Oh, you're one of the people that we donated to. So with every uh, house uh, that's bought or sold, oh, we pick a local yeah. musician or artist. So yeah, Mark was I'm one. I'm really grateful for he that. He was one of the people, and that I love was this really guy. Cool. So now it all comes yep. into a crystal clear yeah. focus. Hey, man, we it's live about in a capitalist helping. society. Yeah, man. Oh, as well. I mean, it's about helping. <laughs> so what, <laughs> Sorry. Well, what do you spend your money on? If you're going to buy shit, what are you going to spend your money on? I spend my money, part of my money, on Mark Malman because I love uh-huh. the guy. How, so, if how you know people get a hold of you if they love local music or want to move or sell or do anything, Sean? 612-859-2594. That number is also textable. I've never had someone that I've complimented so heavily pivot on me so hard before. <laughs> so, Malman, the rest of this is going to be real fucking quick. You understand? Oh, oh man. Oh, man. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> the reason I first reached out to you is because today is Halloween. You know, this is going to air on Monday. October 31st, uh, Halloween. Boom, boom. You have been spending some of your downtime doing something I love to do. I I don't love modern slasher films, right? I'm not against the aesthetic, but it, it lacks the, I guess, I don't know if it's nostalgia. I don't know if it's the way I grew up. Like, I mean, like, you know, like I call it, well, and that's not the right term for it either. I was going to call it murder porn or blood porn. But it's not the same thing. Like, porn can be fun. Just absolute hat and slash murder porn does nothing for me. But going back to a certain era, plus I'm an Anglophile. I love British horror. I love British comedy. I love British game shows. You made a post online that made me reach out to you about Hammer Horror. Yeah. And so for the people who don't know what the Hammer Horror thing was... From somewhere in the late 50s to early 60s, all the way uh, maybe a little too deep in the 70s, there was a movie production house called Hammer Horror out of the UK. The two biggest stars that came out of it by far, and both ended up in the nerd universe, you know, you've got Christopher Lee, uh, who would go on to... Lord of the Rings. Exactly. And who? what's the other guy I'm thinking of? Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, yeah, all of a sudden, I'm I blanking out hard. guy's name. The guy who was in Star Wars. Yeah, no, he was he, he was Grand Moff Tarkin. Why can't oh, I think of his name? Uh, I don't know. You got a computer right in front of you. Yeah, pull it, you're gonna pull it up on your phone. I'm gonna pull up on mine. We'll don't race. don't edit this out. I want this. No, here. people right, love this, this sort of. They no, love it when you search stuff online. Grand Moff during Tarkin. a really important podcast. Yeah, <laughs> is it really? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love this dude, but um, Emperor Palpatine, who played you? What is happening? I hope this does get edited out. This part. No, I, 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 oh, no, this is my favorite. 
I'm sure. I'm going to look at the analytics afterwards and see if this is a peak listening time. <laughs> and then you know we can sit down and do an air check afterwards. Peter Cushing is his Peter name. Peter Cushing. By the way. Do you so, mind if we drive around in my car and listen to this afterwards and critique it, Mark? <laughs> I'm not going to listen, but go ahead. <laughs> I had a co- that's an old DJ story. My first radio job, a guy that did middays actually said that to me. I'm like, I think I'm good. He's like, would you mind like driving around for like the next hour and listening to my tape with me? I'd literally let, rather hit myself in the face <laughs> and in the balls with anything you have right now. Prince would do that. He would record his shows and then listen to them after. Yeah, but see that guy. Again, and I say this in the best possible way, like I've said about you, there's nobody else like that guy. Like, yeah. I mean, like, Dude, like that's I, not how, that's not a way to live a life unless you are the most freaking perfectionist on the planet. It's hard to listen to your own shows, man. Because mm-hmm. you're I've just like, I've never ever listened to anything. Uh, I don't listen to this podcast. I don't listen to the morning radio show. I don't listen to any of it. And then when your boss is like, we're going to sit down and do an air check, I'm like, I, I hope that I get hit by a car before I make it back there. Yeah, he doesn't even listen to voicemails. It's we- <laughs> oh. But it's weird, like, you know, when you're younger, you're like, oh, what, like, uh, what, like, Audrey, Aubrey Plaza doesn't watch her own movies? What? But then yeah. you realize, like, people don't. No. They don't well, what about you, weird. man? I mean, like, so you record constantly. You yeah, do music all the, all the time. time. All you the do time. all this online stuff. I mean, a lot of online stuff. Yeah. Do you ever go back and like check it out? Uh, on my TikToks, yes. I watch my TikToks and then I look at the analytics and I see where, you know, things are dropping and what I could do to make them tighter. And But do you do and, it for the analytics purpose? Like, are you able to, like, so for me, even if I know I'm like, I fucking killed that. That was fucking amazing. I'll never go back and listen. Literally never. And so I wonder, do you do it for the analytics and just for sort of promotion for the future or are you able to sit through a tiktok that you do and listen to yourself and be like i fucking killed that i mean this with with social media sometimes the things that you feel like you killed uh, they don't take off yeah so it's, it's weird it's a really it's really not well, like, you don't become asked, emotionally attached it's not about analytics but like i like even, whether or not something does well like i've had a couple of videos on instagram reels do very very well right only a couple I think they're unwatchably bad, but right. people seem to keep enjoying them. So I guess that's to me where the division is. Like when we talk about this social age that we live in, when we talk about the era of social media, like analytics matter because you have to reach people. You have to make money. You, you have can. to do yeah. a thing. But also like for me, earlier on, I believe we were talking about how cringeworthy things can be. I'm one of the most cringy people in Minnesota right now. Watching my own stuff back hurts my feelings i hate it i mean maybe you should watch until those feelings go away i don't really know what to say about that but i can't in regard to your question i would say i i'm sorry i just i i don't um i don't um, let me let me rephrase that please do um brian oak you're a fucker that's what i heard it's really hard to it's really hard to but i wonder i wonder if you put found the most cringy thing you could of your own stuff yeah. and force yourself to listen to it. Have you ever done that? Like song, I have. It's, songs, ha- it's horrible. Songs where you were like, I was almost there, but I wasn't there. Like, cause you know, you've put out some brilliant songs for decades now, but I also know that anybody who's a creative, I'm certain you put out songs where you're like, that is not a good song. Do you force yourself to go listen to it? I don't, I don't think on a, I write so many songs for a record that I don't believe that, 
uh, the, objectively, um, like as a, from a songwriter's perspective, that those tunes on any of my records are are bad because usually the bad ones don't even make the cut because I'm right. writing sixty songs per. But, but you still go back record. and listen at some point. You're like, I mean, have you? And again, you know how I feel about you. You know how I, I love, respect I'm you really and how grateful. much I like I'm your grateful. music. But. You know, someone who create. So let's say you create sixty songs for a record. There are going to be things there are going in to be the transom songs. Well, I I didn't want to say that. No, but I'm there's glad you, there, it's but part I mean, of the but, creative but process. You, but yeah. do you make yourself go back and listen, or do you listen to them once? You're like, that was garbage. Never going back there no, again. I I mean, I, I you know sometimes uh, it, it, writing songs is well. If you're writing like, like the thing about my TikTok is I'm not emotionally attached to it because it's about information. It's about getting information to people. My, it's not not much of my um, emotional uh, vulnerability is in those TikToks, so I can watch them pretty cra- pretty easy. And and with writing for uh, TV or or for a commercial or something, you just you can't become emotionally attached to it because you're making like you're building a house for somebody. You're making you're a sandwich artist only with music, and and so that sounds delicious. Yeah, when it comes to writing my own material for my own records, which is just a, like a document of my personal experience on on this planet and and my artistic expression in the studio uh i try to just like um paint the paintings that 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 i i see and and make them perfect and and know that when i release them i can listen back and whether or not it, it gets you know like gets popular as a song or not i can listen to my records and be like oh wow i'm really proud of that i i worked hard so a lot of the creative process is is in it happens in the the right brain. What is that's the like analytical side, right? I, yeah, the and, wrong guy. and so on that side, you know, you kind of like after after you've written songs for long enough, you kind of hear one and you just be like I was saying, you become comfortable with the cringe. You're like, oh, this one's uh, what was I thinking yesterday? That was I thought that was great. I went to bed. I woke up. This is a very bad song, and then you just <laughs> you just throw it away. And and then you just keep so maybe maybe it is something like you just you just keep listening to the cringe until it's gone because I think when Prince was watching those shows he was just looking for that like you said he's a perfectionist so he's looking for that point five percent that is cringe that would mm-hmm. hurt his ego and he's like the only way that my ego will never be hurt is if I can make perfection and get rid of it so he's like he knows that if he faces his fear the only way out is through. You know, what's interesting is you have created a great number of exceptional songs throughout your career. I don't know that perfection is possible, and I think that's what makes it hard for me to listen back to the things I've done or other people have done where you're yeah. like, oh, here's a whole collection of B-sides. I'm like, well, there's a reason they weren't A-sides. Yeah. It's up to the individual, right? But Yeah, the songs but again, are subjective. You and, I, you and I discussed earlier, there is no around, the only way forward is through i really expected us to talk a lot more about all those pretty ladies who were very wearing very little clothes and hammer horror videos earlier oh we still gets, have one it, more segment we have one more segment pandery. to get to yeah it gets pandery oh very yeah. i mean it's no it's bloody yeah. and stupid and simple and silly but you were into it the other day we're gonna I, talk know, about that okay, just ahead but first I, I'm, I'm more into the actually i'm, I'm more into the dresses actually <laughs> but let's keep going I love the costuming on these on these movies, especially on Twin Daughters of Dracula. No, I'm familiar. Yeah. I've watched plenty of it. I love the costume. No, see, but I like all of it. Like Peter Cushing is more appealing to me than the young voluptuous British girls who are in it. Like that part's cool. I'm down. Someone who looks like a 
30 years ago, Helena Bonham Carter. It's cool. Peter Cushing coming walking in in some unbelievably crushed, crushed velvet awesome. jacket. Walking stick. Anyway, we've gone too long without a song. We don't have that much time left to go. You've chosen here an item that goes back. I know I'm older than you, but this harkens back to a day when we were both very, very young men. And it's an important part of the Halloween tradition. Like, I'm not mad at Thriller. I'm not mad at Ghostbusters. I'm not mad at, you know, I always feel like someone's watching me. Is that Rockwell? Is that who that is? I'm not mad at any of that stuff. But there are things like uh, Houdini has a great Halloween song. And this one right here, (laughs) I'm not joking, man. It's not a great, uh, it's a fun song. Well, Again, it's Halloween, man. Okay, you like this one. There's nothing at stake. I love this song. Okay, okay, okay. No, 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 again... Uh, there are other songs by this particular duo that I enjoy a great deal more, <laughs> but I'm not even a little mad. Dude, I love Halloween. Tell me why uh, you picked this one. Well, uh, this song I think is is I love it for for its campiness. I love it for how naive and and bad it is. I love it for the style of rapping. Uh, it's a Nightmare on My Street by DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. And, and there's real horror, and then there's sort of fun horror. That's the point of Halloween, right? Like otherwise, everyone would show up as a disgusting rotting zombie every halloween party there's supposed to be some fun and some scary and let's go ahead and cut loose so i always thought that this song was weak you know i thought it was just lame and goofy and weak but i found out something that's really pretty badass about this is that they did this song without securing any rights and so uh they were sued oh uh they were sued by um what is it new line because of the video for this song and and they and sampled something, or they used Freddie's likeness in the video. Oh, Freddie Krueger of Nightmare on Elm Street. Sound, yeah. it, they used the song in this in the, the these the, the the awesome theme in this song. And um, so then what happens is, uh, you know, they they sue DJ Jay-Z Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Oof! And then right as they're at the sort of zenith of their early oh, fame. Oh, for sure, yeah, for yeah. sure. And then. Uh, by the time New Nightmare comes around, which is number four, Ouch. they consider using the song. Like, after they've already sued wow. them, they're like, we might use it. But what ended up happening is there's uh, the Fat Boys uh, did a song, Freddy's, some Freddy's Funk or something like that yeah. instead <laughs> for for New Nightmare. But I just thought it was well, like... they probably got paid about a quarter of what they would have had to pay these guys I to do I think that's it. actually true. Mm-hmm. Remember it right, and we had just gotten back off tour last night. So the- 
thought that it would be groovy if we summon up the posse and dumb rush the movies. I got Angie, Jeff got Tina, Ready Rock got some girl I've never seen in my life. That was alright though, cause the lady was chill. Then we dipped to the theater, set to ill, bugging, cold, having a ball. And something about Elm Street was the movie we saw. The way it started was decent, you know, nothing real fancy about this homeboy named Fred and this girl named Nancy. But word when it was over, I said, yo, that was death. And everything seemed all right when we left. But when I got home and laid down to sleep, that began the nightmare on my street. my thirst. I thought to myself, yo, this heat is the worst. But when I got downstairs, I noticed something was wrong. I was home all alone, but the TV was on. I thought nothing of it. As I grabbed the remote, I pushed the power button. And then I almost choked when I heard this awful voice coming from behind. It said, man, I ain't even wait to see who it was. Broke outside my drawers and screamed so long, cuz. Got halfway up the block, I calmed down and stopped screaming. Then Until I noticed those rips in my sheets And that was proof that there had been a nightmare on my street Yeah! 
<laughs> that face. Shit, man. I mean, I just I have one qu- one important question to ask. Is someone to walk me out to my car? Because I'm not necessarily cool going by myself. I'll walk you to your car if you walk me to my car. Oh, it doesn't work that way, bro. <laughs> what? Wait One or the other. No, let's oh, flip, right. we'll flip a coin in just a little bit. Will Smith, man, spins a mean yarn. Mm. I mean, but he's also, there's something about that guy. He's kind of like Dwayne The Rock Johnson where... You know, even prior to the big smackaroon he, he did his last cool, year. Man. He, I mean, well, we've all lost it. Have you ever lost your cool, Mark Wallman? Never, man. <laughs> Never? Shit. No way. I'm always cool, okay, baby. Okay, here we go. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry I asked it out loud. Again, I don't excuse what he did, but it changed for him. But up until that, he's one of those guys that's so endlessly charming. Like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, to me, is the uh. same guy. Like, you're like... Oh, I don't want to see that stupid movie, except the fucking rocks in it. The rock so I kind of want to go. I love his movies. Me too, man. But I'll tell you what, I would not be. I would not want to be around around him when he loses. Cool. Yeah. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> then then your jaw is dislocated. That's a very very different. He loves animal. animals though. He loves dogs. But he also loves people. You can tell he's a good dude if you follow him on social media. But luckily, he hasn't lost his cool like that. I'm Brian. That guy over there is Sean. The guy across from me is one Mark Malman. Hi. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm really great. Mark, I love being do, on the show. Do, do you like Halloween? I I do like I mean, Halloween. But I here's like what's weird is most people. Round. No, that's just that's that. I guess that's the essence of my question. For for most of us, Halloween is a chance to express something that maybe we don't normally have the confidence to do, the ability to do. And I'm not trying to paint everyone into a tiny little corner, but for someone like you who's performed literally for decades, I'm not trying to age you, but you get mm-hmm. to be. I mean, Mark Mulman, this is actually the question I wanted to ask, and I only just now realized it. Mark Mulman is a human being and a very good person and a guy I like hanging out with. Thank you. Is Mark Mulman also, and I'm talking about Mark Mulman now in the bigger okay, sense. Okay. Third person is, is, Mark, is Mark No, not really. <laughs> is Mark Mulman also a, co- a costume, an expression, an actor? You know, I think about my favorite of all time, David Bowie, and I'm not trying to equate the two of you, but what I, Bowie said he was never once himself his entire time. Oh, yeah. And so the persona you saw throughout the many, many, many phases he had yeah. was an expression because he didn't, I think I just found my final question. I'm going to stop right here. Do I know the real Mark Mulman? <laughs> did you ever uh it makes me think of a few things do you ever see communion that alien abduction oh movie yeah with whitley streber whitley streber dude yeah, yeah. whitley streber wrote it. When, it when it leans around the corner and looks yeah yeah but there's I, the, one of the most terrifying moments in film history for that me end store that end scene where where christopher walken's like i am the dreamer you are the dream and he and, and finger and goes on the pulling brain. the mask off and he's yeah like, you're not gonna let me know and he keeps pulling the mask off i'm uh-huh. this alien and this alien i love that uh, I, I think like when you're talking about Bowie being uh, different characters, I often think of Picasso, how Picasso's mo- sort of maligned for never having any consistent style and just being the best of every genre. And Bowie kind of did that. You know, it, he did a great soul record, did a great disco record. He gr- did great new wave. He did a great um, well, on Earthling as a great drum and bass record, jungle record. Well, everyone and likes to so, call him a chameleon. I'm like, no, he was right there when it happened. Like he was an important yeah, part of every the scene and, you just and, mentioned. And right. being relevant. Yep. Uh, I think also um, when you create a persona, when a person creates a persona, I, I, people say, you know, I'm having writer's block. And sometimes I'll be like, well, why don't you create a create a persona? And, and that allows you to bypass your ego because I think a lot of, ra- of, of 
writer's block or some of our creative um, hesitancy sometimes comes from being too attached to the ego, to our to ourself. And when you when you when you when a person is in character, it allows them actually kind of to be more of themselves because they're free to express, you know, other things. Which I, is kind of what I meant about Halloween. Like when people put a mask on, even though they're letting go and they're acting in a different persona, you're see, suddenly seeing something almost more real than you've ever seen about them before, which I guess is exactly what I was saying. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think like we we are multifaceted, you know. I, I, I know we'd like to put people in 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 like grocery boxes. store boxes. And we like to close those boxes and we like to put them away on the shelf. Yeah, and also from yourself, I think we can like if 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 you know today I'm kind of dressed like a, a biker punk guy, and like if I say, I you know, that's Mark, who you were, right? If I say, oh, Mark, this isn't you. You're really like you know the the. The guy who, when you're at the gym, you're that, that's the real you. But we're multifaceted people. When people ask me about Mark Mallman, the name, I usually say, well, that was a persona that I event- invented in 1997, 98, uh, on the stage at the Turf Club with some distorted guitars. <laughs> and it's like a flower shop I opened. I moved that post about a flower shop. I went to flower shop in 1997, and I'm keeping the flower shop open, and we're selling flowers. We're always going to sell you flowers, and you come to my show, you're going to get the flowers. Yeah. But, like, I... I you have great I'm, flowers, by the way. Thank you. But I'm, I'm, I also now, you know, I write books, and, and I just... I, I, I do different things, you know. So I think the that persona or is is some part of me that I'm I'm a lot more distanced from now um so I can get on stage and I can slip into that person that that creator that that guy and and he's his own thing and so like I like my friends calling me Mark and then my really close friends call me Malman but it says psychologically it's weird to hear those two words together two things one is twice now during the course of this broadcast or recording or whatever you want to call it You do a thing, and I've noticed every time we've had a chance to sit down and talk behind these microphones, your eyes start to close, Mm -hmm. and you start to freestyle, and you start to free associate, and you go into what I call the Buddha state, because I do the same thing. Either I start counting on my fingers, or I close my eyes and just let it flow. I like that when that happens, because I feel like it's very honest. Two, that was a bunch of bullshit because I asked you a question, a very simple, short question, and you gave me this long ass answer. Uh-huh. Have I ever met the real Mark Malman? <laughs> it's such an obtuse question. Yeah, I, mean, I know, and I want I, I want a less obtuse you, answer. I can't. I don't know because we do. We know even that we are real. Do we know that we're not living in a simulation? Do you know that everything that you're doing right now? Do you disappear when I leave, or do I disappear when you leave? I mean, Both. I. I, all Both I can tell you is real. that that in this moment, which like time is um, really like it's it's ju- it's just an ever changing now, right? And in this moment, well, there is nothing but right now. now. I used to make fun of Ram Dass for the whole "be here now" thing. I used to think that was one oh, of the I corniest. Love that book. Yeah. I used to think it was one of the corniest New Age pieces of bullshit I'd ever heard. I'm like, there's literally nothing other, literally. Whether you're listening, whether you and I are sitting here looking at one another, kind of side-eyeing Sean a little bit, whatever the case may be, there's literally nothing other than right now. Nothing's guaranteed. Are you sure something happened before? God damn it. I I thought we were going to talk about scary horror movies. Uh, And here's Mark Mullman making me face my own fucking petty existence. Be here now. 
in order to really get it, it you take you take you need that first narrative. You need him talking about like the LSD part. You need him mm-hmm. talking about you know being at Harvard, this really grounded place. Before you can understand the be here now, you have to understand what be he was be here before. It's such a great book, but yeah, if you just kind of if you don't experience the whole book, yeah, you're going to dismiss it as woo woo crap. But but it doesn't have to be woo woo. Like even if you've never done LSD, which by the way I. For one summer, did way too much LSD. You ever done the uh, lysergic acid? Uh, no, I haven't. Mm-mm. Good man. Good call. You protecting yourself for something? You on the run from the law right now? Or You've never done LSD? Oh, this is like a Howard Stern moment I'm having here right Okay, now. well, then then just say no and I'll no, move I haven't, on. No, I haven't. Okay, very Definitely good. Definitely not. <laughs> okay, Sean. Um, anyway, my point. He didn't my, even my, ask me because he knows the answer. My point being, my point, my point being... <laughs> I think that, you know, when you talk about Ramdash, you talk about be here now, you talk about the presence and the immediacy of life and our experience and all of it. You don't have to do LSD for that, but it does no. change. It does change the structure of your brain. And also, I don't recommend it for everybody. I've watched people do LSD that should absolutely not have put the tab or the drop on their tongue. I guess my point is that I like how present you are when you talk about what did you say? You look like what kind of biker? Oh, I don't know. Okay. I, whatever it is, this is all window dressing, right? The point is, to me, this, the reason I like to do this podcast is conversation. Mm-hmm. I like to meet people. I like to learn things. I like to move forward. I like talking with you. Well, I enjoy talking with you. Dude, all the things I've said about you I over know, these you're many so years. Nice. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not, but I'm not trying to kiss your ass. Mm-mm. If I didn't feel them, I wouldn't say them. I mean, you can listen back to past yeah, yeah, podcasts, yeah, yeah. and when you don't hear me kissing somebody's ass... Oh, my God. <clears throat> anyway, my point is this. Before we move forward and hear your final spooktacular song, which, by the way, I saw a picture the other day of this band with the woman they're singing about. I've oh, never seen picture. it before. Mm-hmm. I, I shared it, and I was like... <gasps> the anyway, Polaroid from 1982? We'll get back to that okay. in just a moment. But before we do... Um, Mark Malman is not only a philosopher, a very present person, an important part of our community, a great musician for many, many moons now. You continue to create. You continue to move forward. You are exceptionally active on social media. Where do people find you on social media? Oh, you can find me on all of them. Instagram, TikTok. Uh, I'm not really. What's your favorite? I mean, like, what do you, because there's so many of them. What What is your very favorite? avenue to express yourself on like if you could tell people one place to, to go express all of them, myself it's TikTok. spotify oh spotify listen to my songs that's my life's legacy but i Wait, love you t- write music yeah i love tiktok because it allows me to uh learn about music teach about music share music with a lot of people and it's super fun space um and i feel like i'm me and the other music tiktokers are putting stuff out that that is a little different uh like has some substance um but uh, yeah, if you're gonna like, if you want to hear my music, that's like what I've built my whole life around is writing these songs, and I'm working on an album later today. As a matter of fact, so. I'm I'm sorry, it's going to be out later today. No, it's going to be it's I'm recording oh, I'm later joking. today. So I'm vocals. joking. <laughs> um, you know, when you talk about how you like to do TikTok, you. you've been around long enough that the avenues to market the avenues to human consciousness the ways that media gets out there has changed radically in yeah, both of our adult lifetimes sure. do you like it or do you find yourself nostalgic for a simpler time or do you like the fact that there's never been more ways for people to reach other people 
I think it's a lateral move. You know, I, when I was younger and working in TV, I really, I, the, one of the reasons I liked it was because I love working with electronics. And I liked uh, with the video, if I was working at Channel 4 and the video tape machine was, you know, I liked taking the lid off and working with the tape, working with the mechanics. I liked recording on my four track. I like recording, uh, you know, and playing instruments and being with my band. And we don't do that anymore. We don't, we do the every record separately and, and, you know, we mix separately. And, you know, John Fields is mixing my record. We're never in the same room. It's just, and it's great because John can do it on his time. I can do it on my time. I think it's a lateral move. You know, we gave up um, some of our income by, by making music streaming, but at the same time, I can, you know, sit down and listen to Fela Kuti records that I would never be able to afford or find. So, and vice versa, there are people on planet Earth who have heard Mark Mullman's music absolutely. who otherwise would have never heard I'm it if that grateful. were not away. And I try to approach, you know, TikTok, I just really was like, uh, you know, it, you know, social media to me is just another way to like, paint it's just another art form to me so i just you know whenever i try to use social media to get attention or to drive people it just doesn't work whenever i do social media just to like make something interesting other people find it interesting you know so whatever i don't care it's not i don't game it you know i just do not game it so there's no difference to me between writing a tweet making a tiktok and writing a song only my songs are like my babies you know it's almost like authenticity has value uh, yeah, absolutely. And tr- people trust authenticity. They don't trust being sold something. Dude, when I, when I talk about it all the time, when I say I like working with professionals, that that expands to you know when, I mean, there's this really terrible phrase going around right now about game recognizing game. Yeah. But for somebody who takes what they do and who they are seriously and makes it mean something, you recognize when someone else does it. So Mark Malm, before we say goodbye, I've got to thank uh, our good friends at Smart Start MN. Thank you very much to them. Our good friends at Moxie Wealth Management. Mm-hmm. You can find them at MoxieWealthManagement.com. My good friend, Sean Bernard. Oh, thank you. Dude, I'm sorry we didn't get to talk about it more, but you're going to Ireland. We'll I am, talk when I get back. I've got a serious Bonnie Boner about the fact that you get to go. <laughs> Was that too much? Did I go too far? It's a podcast. Can't right? Yeah, no, Can't I'm wait. sure our sponsors are going to love that I said. I just, I'm very excited for Thank you. you I'll give much. a fabulous time. Thank uh, thanks to our friends at Audio Equip. They provided us with all this state of the art professional equipment in the studio. And um, here we are in the Smart Start MN studios. Mark, before we bid you a fond to do and a happy Halloween, what can, I mean, like, People like you. They like to follow you on TikTok. They like to read what you write. You've written books. You've put mm-hmm. out records, yeah. many records. That I'm a. Fo- I mean, you are a creative, but people often wonder, like, well, what's next? What can I look forward to? What's next? I, I mean, want, what, I do you, what are you doing? I know you said you're going to record a record later right. on today, mm-hmm. but I feel like we might see something before that record's finished. I will see singles and videos, and um, I'll have another book, and those are my main projects and then I'm, what's the book about can i ask or would uh, you love rather songs. Or not? it's about love songs okay and uh and that will come out when i can get an agent so okay um it, but i would love to talk about vampira for a second if we could oh absolutely we could. no no Sweet. i thought i thought this entire conversation was going to be about horror movies now so here we're going to end with your song we can knock mine off the end there uh we, we're going to end with your song the misfits 
Like, I, I can live or live without Glenn Danzig, right? I actually prefer latter-era misfits, but everyone likes okay. their own thing. People love it, yeah. But, of course, they, well, I mean, when you, especially when you talk about, like, if you're into goth or heaviness or whatever, the misfits are, I mean, they're up there with Bauhaus, right? I mean, they are literal royalty. But then singing about Vampyra, Vampyra was a comic book that when I was a kid, like Frank Frazetta's type, type stuff, right? Like, where you're just starting to for lack of a more delicate term, come of age. You're like, whoa. But then the stories are smart. The 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 um, words are sharp. And you're like, oh, so it's not just TNA. I mean, Vampire is kind of cool. So, so Myla Nurmi was this actress. She's a Broadway actress. And uh, she was a socialite in New York City. And there's this guy, Charles Adams, who was doing these comic books for The New Yorker. And in 1950, in the 50s, way before the Adams family, um, Myla, being a socialite, would go to a Halloween party. Do you know this story? She would, I don't. She would, she would go to a Halloween party, and at that Halloween party, she would dress as, okay, so this Charles Adams guy would write these kind of satires of a really morbid family that was living in New York. They were called, the, they were the Adams. They were named after him, the Adams. And there was this woman, Morticia. And Morticia, but long, long before yeah. the TV eight, show eight came out. Like, eight years before the TV show. I remember seeing some of these old school New Yorker cartoons. Old school cartoons. New Yorkers. So Myla decided to dress up like this woman, who I don't know if she's named yet even. Uh, it's just very, very early stages. You can see, if you look up these uh, these Charles Adams comics, you can see them. They're, they're totally New Yorker, upscale, socialite, intellectual comics. So um, uh, uh, she goes to a Halloween party dressed as Morticia. Uh, and this dude from L.A. is at this party, and he's a TV dude, and he sees her, and he's like, I want her to host movies at my TV station. Not unlike Elvira, but yeah. 25, 30 years before. Yes, exactly. Right. So she, uh, so he contacts her after the um, after the party. She flies out. She goes to L.A. I'll bet he does. She becomes <laughs> she becomes Vampira, which which was a name that her husband thought of at the time. Right. And then it's eight years later when Morticia Adams comes out. So what's interesting is Myla Nurmi is Vampira is actually the first incarnation of Morticia Adams, who the Adams Empire would actually sue Vampyra for <laughs> retroactively being the first Because we Adams. did it first, you're suing us. That's what happened, and she they lost. And then Vampyra, uh, Myla Nurmi, kind of stayed this Vampyra character in L.A. and lived it kind of sort of, um, what do you call that, method -y. Sure. And mm -hmm. uh, became... Oh, like day-to-day, -day, like big oh eyebrows yeah. the whole bit. And like became friends walking with... Walking down to the Subway sandwich store dressed as Vampire. Yes. <laughs> and would be... And was notable in uh, in L.A. for her friendship with James Dean for a long time. Really? And there's a story that she predicted James Dean's death at a party out loud. Oh. I don't care if what you just said is apocryphal or not. It's one of the best stories we've ever had on the show. <laughs> it's really cool, isn't it? Yeah. Mark Mallman will talk to you soon, all right? Yeah. Here's the Misfits, Vampira. Yeah, the whole, there's, 